In this episode, we are joined by Ed Eisenbeck as he shares his journey from felon to fire chief. You're listening to the Good Gossip Podcast. Welcome to season two, episode five, we think. (laughs) Because we lose track. It's easy to lose track. I'm Todd Revis. Welcome to the Good Gossip Podcast. I'm Melissa Elizondo. And we have an amazing guest today. Mm. Melissa has known him longer than I. Not much longer. Not much, but (laughs) I found him through you. Yeah. Um, We just ended up as friends on social media, and I was telling him earlier, I'm sorry, Ed Eisenbeck, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you've got an amazing story, and we can't wait to dive into that. We were talking earlier that I found him, I guess, because he was friends with you, and I started seeing his stuff pop up. Well, today's the first time I met him. Uh, me in, too. In person. <laughs> yeah. Me too. That's yeah. crazy. I thought you'd met like in a yeah. networking thing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, during the pandemic, he or during 2020, he was doing some Facebook on like live stuff, encouraging people. Um, I know he's got a, a past that he wants that he'll we'll talk about. Um, but I have a personal thing. I told you, Johnny, my son, worked for him. Uh, for like one day, maybe yeah. like two hours. Yeah. And it was just, he, all these guys were gone. He just couldn't, he was like on Dad's New Braunfels or something like one of those local pages and said, yeah. I need a helper. I just, I don't care what they know, what they can do. I just need them to show up and help me move stuff out of a house or whatever, clean up. And I was like, go dude. And he, so I contacted him and he, he met him over there and, and they ended up hitting it off and really having a, he came home like, that guy's amazing. Like it turned into a counseling session and, and I, I just, I learned stuff. And I was like, but did you make money? He goes, yeah, he paid me for a whole day and only worked a couple hours. I was like, dude, get a full-time job doing that. Yeah, no. um, but yeah, so he had a positive impact on my family. Yeah. And I, I remember telling my wife about it and, and uh, Johnny was just really impacted by that little time, you know, with you. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. So your story is that you <laughs> were an addict mm-hmm. and became a felon mm-hmm. later became fire chief. And so that's what we're going to hear about is that story right. in between. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was addicted to methamphetamine for 20 years. What? Um, the last five of that, I chose to stick a needle in my arm every day. Uh, it was no longer that I was getting high. I was just wanting to feel normal. Um, and, and at one, at some point you get to that where you're no longer getting high. You just want to feel like a normal human being. Mm. Um, that's how bad that it gets. And I would get clean and I would stay clean for six months or a year. And then I would fall off the wagon again. And, but somehow, some way I'm going to have to clean my life up. And 2005, one of the worst hurricanes hit in Louisiana, Hurricane Katrina happened. And I was in one of those phases where I was trying to get my life cleaned up and I didn't really know what to do. And my cousin lived here in San Antonio and she called me and she was like, hey, we need help. We need volunteers. So I said, okay, well, I'll come, I'll come help. I don't have anything better to do. I don't have a job. I don't have, you know, I'll, I'll try it. So I came here to San Antonio and I volunteered with the Red Cross. And we went to Kelly Air Force Base here in town. And there were buses and buses of you until you couldn't see anymore. There was just lines of people all coming in. And we were trying to get them blankets and and beds and sack lunches and that sort of thing. 
and I had been volunteering there for probably two weeks. Um, and there was a little old lady and the little old lady came up to me and she said, son, I want to thank you for being here. And I said, well, you know, I'm not really doing anything special. I'm just handing out some blankets. Anybody could do that, you know? And she said, out of all the other places in the world, you chose to be here helping us. And for some of us, we're appreciative of that. Wow. And man, that hit me like right there. I said, you know what? This, I, I, I want to do this. I don't know how, but I want to help people. I've spent half my life hurting myself, hurting other people, hurting those that I love. I want to spend the next half of my life helping people. Wow. And I had no idea how I was going to do that. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, and before your mom died, you had spent how long in prison? Uh, I had 28 arrests mm -hmm. and two times in prison. Yeah. So prison is not a nice place. Uh, and, and I knew that either I was going to end up in prison or I was going to end up dead, mm -hmm. one of the two. And I didn't like either of those choices. Yeah. Uh, and eventually it led to me losing everything. Whenever I came here to San Antonio, I had nothing. So you're married now and you have a child. Two child. Two children. Two children, yeah. And so when you, in 05, you were unmarried and no kids? Right. So right. you were a right. single dude, weren't being able to put stuff together, didn't have a job, all that stuff. And so things have changed since you got here. So so Kelly Air Force Base happened, you know, uh, and you found a, a new lease, a new reason to live. Right. Like I now I have something that I can do and give, but but you didn't know where to point that. Not exactly. So my cousin worked for a volunteer fire department, and I thought that was cool. Like, <laughs> look, look at the big trucks and the uniform and all that. And I was like, I want to try that. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, when I went to the volunteer fire department, they were like, they kind of laughed and chuckled. They were like, you, do you know? How many arrests you have? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. I was there. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, they said, no, we can't have you with your criminal background. And I said, well, can I can I come back and try again? Can I, like, reapply? I said, well, yeah, you can come back next month. Okay, see you next month. Wow. Yeah. And so I went back every month for four months. And so finally there was a lady there who, whom I'm, I'm still friends with today that I owe everything to uh, she said, and she talked to the other officers and she was like, why don't we give him a chance? Mm. Obviously he's showing up a lot, Like, mm -hmm. why don't we give him a chance? And so the other officers agreed and, and they gave me a chance and, and I'll never forget what my first fire chief told me. He came up to me and he was like, I don't know why you're here. You're wasting my time. You're wasting your time. You're never going to be anything more than an alcoholic and an addict. And I, I think he should just leave. And so I said, you know, that's your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Mm -hmm. But this but that is, must have hurt. Oh, it hurt a lot. You know, once you get called that so many times, you're called an addict and an alcoholic so much that you believe that you're worthless. Yeah, you plus you have a felony against you, which the society is not you know, oh. welcoming to have y'all, you know, working alongside them. Like no, there's not nothing for y'all out and, there. And you believe, you believe that you're worthless. You believe that you can't do any better than, than what you're doing. But I saw this as my one shot. Mm -hmm. This is my one chance. 
am I going to do something with this or not? And, mm. and when I, when he said that to me, yeah, of course it hurt my feelings. And I said, you know, that's, that's your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And Did it motivate you instead? Four years later, I took his job. <laughs> I, became, I became chief of that same fire department. That's awesome. I, I stayed chief of that fire department for right at 10 years. Yeah. Was there ever a situation where, because obviously he was there for four years, or he was there a certain amount of time, and you were working your way up, mm -hmm. that he admitted that you were good? That He that, never admitted he was wrong. Yeah. Uh, but... That's neither here nor no, there. No, that doesn't matter. Yeah. I was hoping, I yeah. was hoping that he, <laughs> he, never he came admitted. to you and said, "Son, I was wrong about you." But, but I did become a lieutenant under his command. So yeah. he had so, to make so that decision. He 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 did believe in me at some. Yeah, point. he had to sign his name to that. Right. So that's good. But I think there's a there's an important nugget in there, and that's that you don't always get that redemption from another human being. You don't always get, you're like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I, here I am in my little make believe world going. Did you ever, you know, in the in the movie, he would have come and dropped to his knees and begged your forgiveness. <laughs> right. But that's not life. That's not no. real life. In real life, sometimes you don't get a pat on the back. Sometimes you don't get that big karate kid ending where everything goes your way. And mm -hmm. so you still that's probably the hardest thing for an addict or for a person struggling with with uh, identity issues is that you, you you're not doing it for the praise. You're not doing it. You're doing it to stay alive and mm -hmm. to and to be a human being that's not like the old one you were. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's one of the things that kept me clean. Of course, I wanted to use in that point, point in time, but I knew all it's going to take is one time. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And he's right. My, and, and exactly. He's right. He wins. Mm -hmm. and, and everything goes away. Uh, and at that same time, that was a volunteer fire department. Yeah, you're not even getting paid uh, So for I it. wasn't making any money. <laughs> and so I decided... Actually, a friend decided that I was going to EMT school. Mm -hmm. He signed me up. <laughs> uh, he was like, no, you're going. Uh, so I became a certified EMT. And when I went to the state to try to get my certification with the state, they were like, hey, you, you know how many times you've been arrested? <laughs> like, yes. Once again, Why yes, I know. I was that? there. Yeah. Um, and so they asked me to get reference letters of people who I've worked with and that sort of thing. And I said, okay, well, how many do I need to get? So well, probably four or five would, would suffice. Okay. So I came to them with 40 reference letters yeah. of people who I'd worked with, police officers, medics, firemen, and, and so on. And they said, well, look, if, if this many people believe in you, then here's your certification. Wow. Um, awesome. We're not even going to give you any type of probation on it. Here's your certification. That's, That's awesome. Uh, the same thing whenever I got my fire certification, it was the same, the same deal. I later became, I later got... 20 different certifications in the fire service. Wow. I have a, a stack of certificates. Uh, also at that same time, where I was going with that was, uh, I got hired on to a private ambulance company. And the exact same thing happened. Whenever I went to the boss, she looked at my record and she looked at my application and she kind of just moved it over to the side. And I was like, please, just give me a chance. That's all I'm asking for. Just give me a chance. I know what my record says. Don't judge the person on paper. Judge the person shaking your hand today. Yeah. I guarantee you I won't let you down. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, okay. And she gave me a chance. And I stayed with that ambulance company for over 10 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, man, I'm glad I took a shot on you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think as, as human beings living in this world right now, we've seen enough comeback stories 
that we all got to have that in the back of our head somewhere, like she did, where at first she's like, no. And then she went, what if, you know, what if this is my shining moment where mm -hmm. I get to be a, a big pawn in a, another person's story mm -hmm. and I get to say yes. And then sure enough, she was right. Yeah. And I, I just think that's a cool part of the whole story, I think. I bet that she had an instinct about her, you know, based on just what she was feeling from you and, and mm -hmm. the letters and just everything that you had that she, there's something in her mind. And I've had this happen before where people have come to me when I was a property manager, I'd have people come to me that did not look good on paper mm -hmm. <laughs> at all. Mm -hmm. And I had just a good feeling about them. Like I could read their character. I could read I could read them and figure out that they just needed a chance. Right. And so many times I've yes. given that chance. And I ran into somebody recently who I hadn't seen in a long time. And she was like, because of you, I was able to do da 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 da. Mm -hmm. And that story happened to me. Have you years ever ago. not looked good on paper? I do not. I currently <laughs> don't look good on paper, by the way. Yeah. I, I finally <laughs> sort of look good on paper. Yeah. But I've, there have been times in my life where I've looked horrible on paper. Like, yeah. couldn't buy a car, couldn't rent anything. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, which I've, I think is why I was willing to give some people. Like, we're not perfect, you know. Right. We're not perfect. But having a, a stamp of felony and drug list of drug issues, you know, like, it's staring you in the face. And you're having to reconcile it to the person you're seeing in front of you and making mm -hmm. that decision. So, like, kudos to. I mean, that's such an uphill mountain to climb you know mm -hmm. and kudos a, to these people who actually said yeah and you but you proved them right which mm -hmm. is that's right the most that's what i love about it that's know? why you're here because we love your story and you're right you dig a hole for yourself every time you make a bad choice and everybody you're trying to help that was like you or is what you were like is in that hole that they've dug mm -hmm. for themselves and they've got to find a way to climb out of that hole what makes it harder to climb out of that hole is the 28 arrest and the, and the paper trail right. on you so that History. every time you go up against somebody, they're like, yeah, but you've been arrested 28 times. Right. And you're like, I know, but I'm trying to move beyond that, but you're still in that hole. And, and it, and it would so easy to give up. It's so easy to use. It's so easy to say, well, forget it. I'm, it's too hard. No one's going to give me a chance. Yeah. And it's I just love that you had some gear that took you to know I do deserve a chance and I'm going to prove you. Right. And you did it. So a, a story along that line, uh, I had met my wife at the fire department and we were trying to move into our first place together. And so I saw a duplex that was for rent. So I decided that, hey, let's, I'm going to try to get this duplex. And so after a 911 call, we pulled up in our fire truck. <laughs> I, I'm wearing my chief's uniform and I walk in to, to do the application process and they were like, well, no. You're a convicted felon. But right, but do you see the big fire truck? <laughs> I, I've changed my one? life since yeah. then. It's like it doesn't matter. Wow. And so they would not they would not rent to me. Yeah. And so the story goes a little farther than that. Um after But being, who rented to you? Like well, who on. gave you a chance? I'm just curious because I I <laughs> you know, yeah, as a property you, manager, it was a no go. It was finally I had to find some some place that was rent by my owner. owner. Yep. Yeah, and I always tell people that I could talk to them as a person because yeah. the bureaucracy is red tape, and mm -hmm. yeah, the bigger the company, the harder it is for them to bend the rules at all right. to yeah. take a chance, right? Yeah. Um, but after I had been clean for years, after I had been with the fire department and EMS and all of that for years, I still found myself feeling empty inside. 
I looked outward and externally I had accomplished all this stuff. I had became a fire chief. I had became a certified firefighter. I had became a certified medic. Uh, I had this stack of certifications. Um, I had done, I, I was now married and our first child had been born. And I, I, I saw all this stuff, but I still wasn't happy inside. And I couldn't figure out why. And so that's what brought me to life coaching. And I, and I saw a, a video from a guy and I thought, man, I, I want to try what this guy's got. He had a mastermind group. And so I went to my wife and I said, I want to try this. So she was like, well, if you want somebody just to yell at you, I'll do that. You know? <laughs> so, no, I, I, I really want to try this. I've done it my way for years. I want another set of eyes. I want to, I want to see what this other life is about. I want to do what, I want to do what he's doing. And so she said, well, how are we going to pay for this? You know, how are we magically going to come up with more money? We're already tight. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'll cancel cable. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, you're going to cancel your, your beloved Dallas Cowboys to watch this? Like, well, they're losing anyway. so it really <laughs> uh, This year you wouldn't do that. No. Uh, so I did. I joined a mastermind group. And when I went to my coach, I told him my sob story. Nobody wants to hire me. Nobody wants to rent to me. I, I can't do any better than what I'm doing now. What am I going to do? Boo, 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 hoo. Mm -hmm. And so he said, you're looking at it all wrong. The way you're looking at it is you want to get on the airplane. You want to fly, fly first class. I want to own the airline. Mm. Do you understand the difference? Mm. And that blew me away. He was like, you're upset because someone won't hire you. Own your own, own, company. Your own company. Own multiple companies. There's no one telling you that you can't. Mm -hmm. And the light just, ooh. That, 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 this, this is what I got to do. Mm -hmm. And so obviously in the fire service, we don't really make any money. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's when I started my business. And when I first started my business, I had nothing. I had one lawnmower, one weed eater, and that was it. And I started my business in 2017 and built it to what it is today. I went up through landscaping, did landscaping and, and that sort of thing, did handyman service there for a while and now i'm a licensed general contractor in five different cities and i have three different crews that work for me all the time that's awesome that's awesome uh, it's called bushwhackers it, it, it is called bushwhacked bushwhack handyman oh, bushwhack. yeah yeah and I, that i can picture that like when bushes are growing over a house and you go in there and whack them all down <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I picture that bushwhack yeah. yes. bushwhack yeah. uh but the other thing that the, my coach taught me was i had worked on so much externally I hadn't worked on anything internally. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you're an alcoholic and an addict, you stop growing emotionally when you start using. I've heard that. So I started using at 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So even though I was a, at that time, I was a 40 year old man, even though I was a 40 year old man, emotionally and, and mentally, I was still a kid. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of work to do. And through AA and NA and that sort of thing, they kind of touch on it, but they don't really dig deep down into it. Mm -hmm. So what he suggested was 
figure out why. Why you reached for that drug. Why you reached for that alcohol to start with. Mm -hmm. What was the reasoning behind that? And so I spent the next four or five years really digging hard into that. Why did I reach for it? And it stemmed all the way back to when I was a kid. I had abandonment issues from my parents. I had self-worth issues. I had, and the reason why I reached for that drug and alcohol to start with was I didn't want to feel that. I wanted to do everything I possibly could to numb those feelings so that I didn't have to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And if I used alcohol or I used drugs, well, that gave me that self-confidence that I, I am somebody mm-hmm. until it wore off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so after finding out why I did it, now I can finally grow as a person. Yeah. Um, and a, a little story about that. Every addict... Every alcoholic, every person that's ever been to jail will pray to God or pray to their higher power. Please, please, please just get me out of this this time. I'll do anything if you just help me this one time. And for me, I did that whenever I landed on the streets and, and I was homeless. I was like, I just please figure out a way to get me out of this. And clear as day, I heard you're going to lead others. Mm. And I was like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. Yeah, get me out of here. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And so for me, that's a voice in the back of my head. Yeah. And that voice got louder. Is that voice God? Do you believe that voice? I I truly believe that was God. I truly believe Mm -hmm. that was my higher power. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I talk to God the same way I talk to you guys. Mm -hmm. I I have a conversation with him all the time, and and there's cuss words, and there's this and that. (laughs) But but we have an understanding. Yeah. Uh, And so clear as day, I heard lead others. And I didn't, I just kind of blew it off. Well, the voice got louder and louder and louder. And so I started sharing my story at the fire department with my firefighters. And they drew grew drew inspiration from that Mm -hmm. and so i thought well maybe maybe there's something here you know maybe maybe i could tell my story and maybe my story will help others and so when i went to my coach i told my coach about it and he was like well what's your dream what do you want to do so well i can see it one day i want to stand up in front of all these people and i want to tell my story and in front of thousands of people and he held up his cell phone and he was like, the world's waiting. Mm. Get on it. And I and I kind of looked at him and said, what do you mean? He was like, social media has millions and millions of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Start talking. And so wow. I was like, well, no, I can't do that. And, and you know how men are. He was like, insert explicit word if you don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took it as a dare. All right, well, I'll try it. And so the video I sent you mm-hmm. was my very first video back in 2017. Wow. We're going to link to that. Yeah. Uh, that was my very first video. And so it grew from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that he said has resonated with me for years. The world is starving for truth. The world is starving for real, raw truths. Mm-hmm. The, the world is, is full of of politically correct and oh no we can't say that because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and this and that Mm -hmm. i'm not that person Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I will tell you the way it is Mm -hmm. and and this is me real and raw and and now you know 
And I truly believe that that's what the world needs. I believe that too. Do you, um, do you have a story, a quick story of someone that you can, you put a big gold star on that they, they heard you and listened and came to you and said, you changed my life. You know, somebody, I know you probably have tens and hundreds of them, but if there's one in particular that you could share. So, yes, I do. There was a guy that he and I had worked together through the years. We weren't really close, but we knew of, of one another. One day he, he rings my phone and he was like, I need your help. And so he is, I'm struggling with suicidal thoughts. I, I need, I need your help. And so I rushed over to his house. We, we talked for a good while and he was struggling with alcoholism really, really bad. Um, we talked for a good while. We poured out all the alcohol in his house. Um, and I worked closely with him for the next six months. I gave him assignments of, of what he could do to get better. Uh, I told him all kinds of different ways to improve. I gave him books to read. I gave him all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That guy now works for <laughs> a agency here in San Antonio where he works closely with the police departments and he goes out and helps people with addiction and mental health. Wow. That's, that's awesome. great. So it's like, if you've helped nobody, but one person, yeah. <laughs> but that person's, helped but that person's helping more people. Like, yeah. and, and that's where I feel like that message from God for you was to do this because it's purpose mm -hmm. is to heal along the way. You heal one, he heals 10, you heal another, mm -hmm. he heals 20, you know, and they that's heal and they fruit. heal. That's yeah. bearing fruit as a human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and God wants peace and truth and love and harmony and everybody to be okay. But he knows we, we can't do that on our own. Right. And he uses people who have are broken, been broken. Like, I mean, you go back through the Bible and there's everybody he's used has been somebody who you would mm -hmm. think is broken and busted. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, like he's not here. Like he says, I'm not here to save the righteous. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm here to heal. Your the story sick. is very similar. Not to get too biblical, but Joseph who was thrown into slavery and then he ended up being the king. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like there's so many times he could have given up because mm -hmm. he was, I mean, his own brothers like sold him into slavery and then he was thrown in this pit and then he ended up, uh, you know, working at the castle and, and yeah. being all that Having stuff, his dreams, his and, dreams and um, it's a, it's a Joseph story mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. at any given time he could have just ended it or he could have just taken off. And God knew already when he was in, when you were in Austin and your mom was still alive, God had a, knew what you're going to be doing today. And I love mm -hmm. that part. So I know a lot of addicts. Mm -hmm. um, there's addicts in my family and uh, that we're related to and that can't seem to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. um, not that just one word is going to inspire them to change anything. But if there was something that you could say that you could give them advice on, you know, what would you say? There's hope. One of the hardest things about being an addict and being in prison and being in all these bad places is it seems hopeless. I'm never going to do any better than what I'm doing right now. I'm never going to. And, and when you have parole officers and all these other people telling you that and family members telling you you're worthless and it's all in your ear all the time, it's hard to imagine anything but that. Mm -hmm. So if I can do it, Anybody, anybody can do it. Not only can I do it as in get clean, but you 
have formed a life for yourself that mm-hmm. doesn't require people hiring you. You got through those things and, mm-hmm. and not everybody maybe get to will get to have that opportunity where somebody said yes and gave them a chance. Mm-hmm. But you realize that, hey, I can work for myself. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who are entrepreneurs and, mm-hmm. and have done that and have become wealthy because of it and and have different businesses that you own. That is not for the that's not just for the rich, you know, mm-hmm. it's for the the person who is inspired and passionate and is working hard. It doesn't matter if you're a felon or you're, you know, the most awesome person in the world. As long as you are focused, you're driven, you know your purpose, you mm-hmm. have a higher purpose, you can do anything. You mm-hmm. can do anything. Now, anything. one thing I'll add to that is you've 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 said that, you know, hey, you overcome all of this stuff. You became an entrepreneur. I'm also human. Yeah. There's days where I'm like, man, is anybody even listening? Mm-hmm. You know, there's days where my business, where I just want to burn it all to the ground. I'm just, you know, what? I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And th- there, God steps in. Mm-hmm. And there will be somebody that will send me a message through social media. Hey, you don't know me, but you helped me here. Mm-hmm. And because of you, I didn't give up. And I was like, ah, thank you. So that thing about hope. Mm-hmm. It's so easy when you're in the middle of it to give up. Right. And you've said, and I love that you're saying that, that even though you're having success and even though you're, you're working for yourself and you've got, you've, you've accomplished so much and you're, and then you've turned it, you know, that thing that, that makes you want to help other people. That was what I was thinking about was that hole in you that said, okay, I, I still don't, I feel empty inside. I'm starting to accomplish these things, but there's something missing. And that was helping others. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that's what's filled that hole for you. But even you have bad days. And so somebody who isn't doesn't have your insulation of success and is just starting this journey, they they have a bad day, they get fired, or they or they have a relapse or or get broken up with or or somebody hurts their feelings. It's so easy to relapse. It's so easy to not have hope in that specific moment. Right. And and I think it all boils down to self-love. So for most of us, we've always been taught, do for others, do for others, mm-hmm. do for others. But what are you doing for yourself? When's the last time you did something good for you? When's the last time you showed yourself love? Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I didn't love myself. I hated who I was. I hated who I'd become. And it took a long time for me to, to look, be able to look in the mirror and tell myself that I love you mm-hmm. and tell myself that I'm proud of you. Uh, so I think that's something that we have to practice every single day. Wow. It's, it's really figuring out how to love yourself. Amen. It's easy to love other people. Yeah. How do you love yourself? Yeah. You know, it's funny when my kids were little, I remember my daughter coming home from elementary school and saying, mom, do you love yourself? And I was like, mm, not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, mm-hmm. well, then how can anybody else love you? Exactly. What? Exactly. From the mouth of babes. <laughs> yep. And yeah. it's 100% true, though. Yeah. Yeah. You is. know, I, I guess as a human man, I I have trouble saying I love myself or worrying about that because I am so outwardly focused. Mm-hmm. And when I counsel my friends and family who are going through tough stuff, I can usually point it to, well, you're, you're, you're inward focused. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. You're whining and all that stuff that's going on. You're causing these problems for yourself. And you're like, I need to be happier. I need to this. So it's all inward focus. And like you, I tell them outwardly focus, go help somebody else. Cause it always makes you feel better when you help somebody else. 
but there's a delineation there. There's a line between, yes, you need to be outward in helping other people, but not at the expense of some affirmation for yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back for doing that. But because, because I, I don't know, it's, it's easy for me to say, stop thinking about yourself so much and think uh -huh. about other people because right. you're, because your actions are selfish uh -huh. or my actions when they're selfish, it, that's when I cause problems. Uh -huh. And then the other side of that is when you're like me, where you're looking for love so much, you mm -hmm. want to help other people and there's no boundary. There's no, ah. there's no self-love for yourself because you give and give and give and give. Yeah. And I remember my, you know, my counselor telling me like, what are you doing when you're stressed and you've worked really hard for a couple of weeks and like, what are you doing to, to relax and love yourself? And I was like, I was only abusing myself more, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it was like Netflix eating like crap, you know, talking to people I shouldn't be talking to doing mm -hmm. things I shouldn't be doing all to try to fill something. That was your reward or something? I or? was rewarding myself with crap and it was really just making it worse, you know? It's the same thing for drug addicts. It's no different. Mm -hmm. My addiction was just different. It, and, and so it was, you just feel it trying to, you know. Self-medicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you feel better, and that's how you felt better. And like you said, I felt better, like normal when I mm -hmm. was on it. Same thing with food addiction. Same thing with, yeah. you know, sex addiction, alcohol, alcohol all the addiction, yeah. all of them. I've never know? been addicted to drugs or, um, or I don't think food either or anything. Alcohol has always been the one thing, um, mm -hmm. nicotine. But It's socially acceptable. That's right. That's the, and, but, but I never felt like. Um, you know, I, I never felt like I was hurting myself. Like that wasn't my goal. Yeah. It was more self-medication. Mm -hmm. It was more, I just want to feel different. Because it's socially acceptable. Like he said, when you're on meth, you, you meth know, you're hurting yeah. yourself, you know, right. alcohol, you can kind of, and, and food addiction. Oh yeah. Nobody talks about it. It's just, everybody's doing it. You know? Even today, if, if I go out and I, and the, and people are drinking and they offer me a drink, it's like, no, no, I don't drink. Why not? What do you mean you don't drink? They get yeah. everybody drinks. They give you a hard time about it. Yeah, I was talking to my pastor about that. He he recently went on a trip with his wife, and they hardly ever do this. And they they stayed in a hotel somewhere on the East Coast, and they they found out that they were like celebrating an anniversary or something. Oh, we're gonna upgrade you to this room, and it was great. And he's like, "That's awesome." And they said, "We'll get a bottle of champagne in there." And he goes, "No, that's okay. We don't drink." She's like, "No, seriously. Well, it's okay. <laughs> we'll put a bottle of champagne." He goes, "No, like we don't, we won't drink it." Yeah. <laughs> and then they gave them like strawberries or something else. But it was like, it's weird to tell somebody you don't drink in this, mm -hmm. in this culture. Cause they like, why, mm -hmm. why not? You know, I get the same thing with food addiction, by the way. <laughs> People are always like, you're not going to have dessert. I got you a cupcake. Yeah. I got you a cake for your birthday. You know, like I'm like, I I'm good. I don't eat sugar. Why? You know? And it's yeah. like, because it turns out it caused me pain for 20 years. Yeah, you know? badly. Yeah. Not business. Yeah. Bring me carrots. Yeah. yeah, so we went out to lunch one day and I was like, um, yeah, I found out I'm allergic to sugar and flour. So that's all I just said. I said that instead because it's so much, it's, it's yeah. acceptable. It makes it easier. I'm allergic. Yeah. If you say I'm allergic to alcohol, that end of discussion. Mm -hmm. And we use that. We lie about, I do that with onions. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm allergic. I do and they're mushrooms. Because like, okay. if you just go, no, I don't like onions. Why don't you like onions? Yeah. Okay. You didn't eat enough onions as a kid. They're, you know, they're good. You, you just haven't try tried them, again, them right. You should try them like this. And yeah. if I cooked them. And if you just say, I'm well allergic. Well-meaning. Well-meaning. And so people yeah. are like, yeah, I'm, I'm allergic to uh, cheese. Sorry. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and then people leave you alone. Yeah. Anyway. Um, thank you for that advice. And um, I hope. Somebody who needs to hear it, hears it, and, and it changes something for them. So if they want to get in touch with you, if they need somebody to talk to you, what do you recommend? Like, 
I have a public figure page. Mm -hmm. I have my regular uh, Facebook page. I have an Instagram page. Okay. Uh, pretty much all of them. I'll link them all in the comment in the yeah. by the description. And it's your name, Ed Eisenbach. Good luck spelling it. Now, the one thing I don't do anymore is I, I'm not an AA or NA sponsor. Okay. Uh, I'm a mentor, uh, but I'm not a sponsor. So I'm a life coach, but not affiliated with those organizations. Well, specifically. I, I fully believe that the, the lighthouse parable. So a lighthouse and a tugboat both do the same thing. They both lead ships to shore. The tugboat pulls and pushes the boats and uses all of its energy to get the, sa the ship safely to shore. But the lighthouse stands firmly and just shines its light. Yeah, the That's lighthouse. my job. I I'm the lighthouse. It. I love it. Okay. That's, That's a great, great analogy. That's deep. I can think about all kinds of stuff. There's an old song, an old gospel song. There's a lighthouse on the hillside. You'll have is to this look, the first time you're singing on camera? I think it's the first time. That's how I sing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard the voice. I love it. There's it's good. a lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. That's how I sing all the yeah. time. Well, thanks for being on the show, Ed. <laughs> Thank We'd you for having me. That you shared your yeah. story um, when I heard, and I'm actually going to title it, you know. She always has, comes up with a great yeah. title afterwards. Fell into fire chief oh, and beyond. Awesome. What do they call <laughs> yeah. that? Like alliteration? Yeah. Using the same? It's my that's marketing cool. degree. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we hope we connect you to somebody that needed to hear what you had to say. And yeah. we needed to hear what you had to say. I did. We're inspired and encouraged by you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Well, thanks, Thank man. You. Is there somebody you would like to brag about and good gossip about? This is your chance to say kudos to somebody in your life you know like brag about somebody uh my wife oh that's she must one. be a strong one my yeah. wife <laughs> has put up with me through thick and thin she has pushed me whenever i was trying to to get hired as a paid firefighter i was turned down by 14 different cities oh. i i cried my eyes out and, she had and to pick she, up the pieces she stood behind me and pushed me and, and said yeah. just go do it uh, whenever I walked away from the fire service and decided to do my business full time, she stood behind me and said, you know what? We've been together all these years. You've never steered me wrong. I believe in you a hundred percent. Wow. What's her name? Her name's Jessica. Jessica. Yes. Yeah. And, um, do you get to watch the Cowboys now? You have cable again? I do have cable again. <laughs> I do have cable again. So I, 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 I do enjoy the Cowboys and the Longhorns. They're both doing well this season. Okay. So that's funny. awesome yeah. all right well thank you man thank really you. i'm glad now we've met each other face to face yeah. we were social yeah. friends now we're real friends mm -hmm. and look forward to many more opportunities to hang out and and uh grow from just knowing you yeah. i appreciate that yeah so if you want to be on the show or there's somebody you want to be on the show you can yeah. email us at spill it at the and also, if you want to listen to past episodes, you can also go to our website, thegoodgossip.com, and you can find all our web uh, past shows on there as well. And all of our shows are on Facebook now because Facebook allows that mm -hmm. to happen. So we're you can just watch it directly from or just listen to it um, and look, listen to some of our old shows. Every one of them has something special that you, you can grow from, and I love that about it. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Mm -hmm.